swords we handle art to spark souls and charge tolls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to every clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control shows Control Issues! Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all, yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AM. Sorry? And this is a dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Also, go on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and head on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle AMC. How you handling things? I've uh, been good, been good. We're recording this on Father's Day. So I've been having a great Father's Day, being reminded that I am a father and I am still here <laughs> showing up. <laughs> Two time number one dad. Two time number one dad. Longest running streak. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I watched that. Uh, it, it actually happened to be just timed perfectly with Father's Day, but it wasn't intentional. But I watched that Amy Schumer, like like parents stand up yes. presents. So that was great. So, so My man, Ron Punches. Ron Punches <laughs> killing it. Yeah. <laughs> with, with his girl, keeping him hydrated. <laughs> so and you didn't watch the Pete Davidson one yet? Nah, I didn't watch. I watched the Bill Burr one and Amy Schumer. Bill Burr was dope. Yeah. Uh, Pete Davidson, I didn't. Uh, I just, I didn't really see the the comedy lineup. Like, I saw, like, special guest Machine Gun Kelly, and I was like, oh, I'm going to skip this one for now. <laughs> that'll, be the, that'll be the third one I watch. <laughs> he comes out on stage and makes out with Megan Fox and leaves. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> drink um, his blood and leave. Was it, was it worth watching the Pete Davidson one? I have to watch it again. I think I fell asleep. I've been pretty reliable for that. It's it's not any it's not a it's not a remark of the special. It's a remark of my ability to stay up to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting to that age where sleep is everything. <laughs> oh man. Um, how about yourself? How how you been? Oh man, just working, getting better at that. Watching the specials, watch the Amy's thing, watch watch Bill's thing, watched uh Pete Davidson's thing, at least I slipped in most <laughs> of it. Had it on. <laughs> I had it on. Had um uh, the standouts with that one had like Sam J and shit on it. Yeah. So that was dope. And, and Tig fucking Notaro. Oh man. Tig Tig's performance was amazing. And the new look, I'm having it. So <laughs> I'm always down for some Tig. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's been good. I'm I'm glad Netflix is releasing that content in a steady trickle you know got got a new episode of bill maher got a new episode of paul's sam J. probably gonna get that new episode of last week tonight tonight had that new episode of Jesus and Meryl from yours day <laughs> had a lot of content to catch up on so yeah that was awesome i'm trying to get myself together again i've been lazy this past week or two you know it, we'll get into it in the next segment 
but I, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into it, A-Dub. What have you been playing? I have been playing the ever-loving daylights out of Horizon Forbidden West on Ultra Hard from yeah, scratch. Yeah. No new game plus. So, yeah, man, you guys know. I, I got a day one. Tried to rush through it. That wasn't going to happen. Tried to rush through it on very hard before Elden Ring would come out so that I could knock that down and then get Elden Ring out the way and then go back to Arise and get that platinum. And it didn't quite work out that way. I got about uh, 40 something hours into it, reached level 23. I, I, I got to the point where the the main story diverged into, into three different quests and just left it. Then Elden Ring came along and just knocked my socks off. And it was like, oh, man, I wish Horizon was like this. Tried to play Horizon a couple of times. It was like, it's not, it's not the same. It's not Elden Ring. But finished Elden Ring. Took some time away from it, like, you know, a few days, like a week. And then came to Horizon. By then, the patch had come out to improve the visual fidelity of the performance mode, as well as to add New Game Plus and Transmogrification and Ultra Hard Mode. So, Yeah. Uh, Ultra Hard Mode is something that they patched into Zero Dawn, you know, long after it came out. I think it came with, um, like, the, the Frozen Wilds DLC. So they brought out the Ultra Hard Mode now, and I was like, oh, excellent. Great time to finally dive back in it, start from scratch, and build back up. And I got to tell you, Ultra Hard is kind of an understatement. Like, they made significant changes to the game in order to make it more difficult in the very hard setting. I was... It was somewhat challenging on um, very hard, but I was still able to do, you know, do my little my little thing, do my little techniques and all the shit that I learned from the original game and had a good time, but uh, put it on ultra hard and it was like everything was one shot at me at the outset of the game. It was highly demoralizing. It was harder than any Souls game ever. But you know what? It, it, it caused me to learn the intended rhythm of the game on that difficulty where it's like, okay, so my best chance is to remain in stealth and, you know, try to get the, the silent sneak attacks on the enemy, the critical attacks, the, the get the stealth bonus damage and all that stuff. And then eventually my level kept rising. My skills kept rising. I got better equipment, upgraded my stuff increased my, my my pouches so I can carry more resources, craft more things in the field. And then suddenly those challenges that were early on in the game are easy. So I could go back and start farming those enemies for the, the special resources that they have and, you know, just repeat the process as I continue to move along. And like even the level requirements for certain missions are pretty stringent on like, I was level 13 trying to do a level 15 mission. I was running out of ammo. I wasn't doing enough damage. I was getting one-shotted by, by the big attacks. Highly demoralizing. Came back to that level 15 mission on level 17 and demolished it in a matter of minutes. Like, it, it wasn't even challenging. Granted, I had spent so many times playing that mission, so I had the muscle memory of knowing the enemy's attack pattern, but I was just doing so much damage. I had so much more ammo. I had the extra hit points. I had bigger defense. It, it, it was glorious. So I'm trying to explore 
as much as possible. So whenever I have access to a region, I, I want to clear all that fog of war and I want to do as much as I can in the newly cleared regions before I come back to the bigger challenges, you know, just to be, to be overleveled, ideally. So now I'm taking on like level 17 and level 18 requirements, but I'm level 25 now. So I'm able to get in there and mix it up and, you know, make mistakes, but it's not the end of me. So that's the experience I want. It's still tough as nails. If you get hit by a big attack, you probably one shot your ass, but at least it's not every attack. <laughs> so yeah, man, it, it, it's rough, but I feel like I'm, my progression is catching up to where the, the challenge level is. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of what the game has to offer. I've officially gone past my progress from my original save file as well as my level. So I'm higher level now. I'm further into the game. I'm moving along another main quest. And it's, I love the story. I love the action. I love the how the enemies are upgrading and changing. And there's just these new curveballs every time you move the story forward. And it, it's a very well done, excellent experience. I think people really need to get off their bullshit and give Horizon Forbidden West the fair shot that it deserves, especially since they patched that performance mode. It is absolutely gorgeous. And it's it's easily the best looking game out. I think it's one of the best games of the year. It should totally be considered for the game of the year nods. Guerrilla Games did an awesome job. So I'm having a blast. I'm 50 hours in. I've haven't even revealed half of the map yet and on this difficulty like it's probably going to be another 50 to 100 hours of playing before i complete this game so i'm i love this world this universe i'm going to try to get that platinum i'm enjoying playing all ultra hard can't wait until i start leveling past the challenge and it's like ah here we go <laughs> but until then it, it's that steady climb and i'm you know one step at a time but AMC, what have you been playing? I've been playing two games, a dub. <clears throat> One is that Elden Ring, still putting work there. Of course. Um, really getting like an idea of like just like like I just love like getting into a new area, and now I've just gotten really good at marking up the map like crazy, and then just having places to go. And that was it's um kind of pushed the game along a little bit more smoothly than earlier on, where I was just 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 dropped into this world and everything had a, a sense of danger and there was just a a directionless like um path that i had going on where i was just like i'm gonna go this way yep hit a wall i'm gonna go that way yep hit a wall there i'm gonna go this way yep thought i hit a wall but i just really need to sneak around now i can keep going forward all right and i'm gonna come back later things like that once i got an idea of that pacing uh, then it really just took off. And so now I kind of have a good feel for the game and really just enjoying the exploration, just carving up the map and seeing what I can discover, what I can uh, figure out, what will unfold with certain NPCs that come along. And if I come across an NPC scene, if I can, you know, perform whatever task to push them along the map and then run into them in another area of the map. Uh, and just enjoying that whole process. As I was telling A-Dub, I got some new... Um, I, got, I finally got some some dragon ability, or I got one dragon ability. Been testing that out now. I can breathe that fire, which is pretty awesome. Um, and really, uh, I came across some other things like 
I got like lightning and shit like that. So that's that's fun. That all falls under, I, I guess, incantations. So that dual build is definitely starting to kind of um, come together. It's funny how it fluctuates. Like there are times where I'm just running full on sorcery. And then I'll just get like a couple of incantation spells where it's like, oh, I can work this into my arsenal a little bit more. And then next thing you know, I'm now going back and forth between my, my spell types and things like that. And it's getting really good and come across, you know, a couple of mini bosses that, you know, run into like where I, I struggle with those first two fights, but now I'm getting more confident where it's like, even though I lost, I have a path to, to success or path to victory. And I just give it another shot and lo and behold, I like, I pull it off. And the fact that I'm a mage, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. I have like very little armor because I have this very heavy helmet and I've barely put any points into endurance. And so this helmet that gives me a boost to, that gives a boost to my intelligence also, you know, weighs me down. And so now I'm pretty much rolling in like, like, like cloth, <laughs> like gear, which means like very little armor. So I can only take like one or two shots before I go down. So it's this ultra offensive and then just all about evading attacks and trying to avoid any bit of damage that I can. Cause even when I have the shield up, it's, it's doing very little to negate damage. So it's just a, um, a very like thin line that I'm playing with, but I'm really enjoying the combat and just the overall progression of this game. It's super awesome. Yeah, Other game I've been playing, I've been playing a little bit of dead cells. Um, as I mentioned to you, do text. I told you, I finally, like I beat it within, I like, I think it was like my third or fourth run. I completed a run. So that God was, damn. Yeah, it was quick. Uh, but as I completed it, then I go back into like that hub world and so much just opens up. Um, I'm getting like that, I guess, kind of similar to uh, Hades where they had the, you know, the heat indexes and all that stuff. They have those mm -hmm. options in Dead Cells and just seeing all these other things that I can do within the game challenges and other things within the world that have opened up and changed. I mean, even when I beat that first run, I was coming across so many areas that I just couldn't access, which meant I didn't have the ability yet to to do whatever I needed to do to, you know, climb the walls or whatever. And so I, I believe I got something along those lines on this, on the second run now or the second, yeah, like playthrough. So it'll be interesting to see how this game opens up, but overall just fun ass game and so much more because even as I booted it up, there was an update going on with dead cell. So it's, they're clearly just still, you know, like, you know, just beefing up that game and making it even better from wherever the original game, like, you know, that state that it was in. So, yeah, I am loving that game. But a dub, it has been a minute. So, let's get right into these topics of the week. Uh, topics of the week. I think, I think we're just going to, are we guys going to jump right into, you know, as that, well. yeah, let's just jump right into this Xbox <laughs> Bethesda showcase a dub we got so many games so many games what do you, over you wanna, the next 12 months uh, um do you want to you want to lead off with a, a game that you know that, that came to your eye that caught your eye absolutely i mean it's it's very exciting they showed off a lot of stuff the things that i didn't even know we're going to be on this on this on the things that were going to be on the xbox so it's also nice to see that the acquisitions are starting to bear fruit. That is the one significant event I was waiting for because a lot of money went out and a lot of nothing came behind it. So we're finally beginning to see what's coming of all that. And it's mixed in with a whole bunch of third-party deals as well. Uh, 
one thing I want to note in this in this uh, this expose is high on life. So this is a game that's being made by the creators of Rick and Morty. It's a first person shooter. It's a space intergalactic kind of situation. And your weapons are sentient guns that speak to you like you're holding it, but it has a face <laughs> and it's talking to you. It has that Morty voice. <laughs> so if you're into Rick and Morty, you already know where it's going. And it, it just has so much style and it looks like it's also a competent first person shooter, which, you know, incorporates very wacky and unique applications for the guns and things like that. It, it, it has a quirky little story. So it, it's about what you would expect from the, the Justin Roiling crew and how they get down. He's really excited to, you know, be involved with games and it gives hope for people like myself who are trying to find some way to get involved. Maybe I got to polish up this buttery smooth baritone that I'm rocking and get myself on some cartoons so I can get my cartoons and some games. AMC, how did you feel about High on Life? Yeah, the game looked uh it looked wacky. <laughs> it's a little bit of everything that you expect. Like it's it's great. Like I've seen um I think Hulu has, you know, a from the creators of Rick and Morty, but it's like another show. And you can immediately as you're watching oh, Solar Opposites. Yeah. And as you're watching you, get, like, you get those like vibes like, oh I can see the inspiration. And this is that game, this game straight up, like as you're seeing it, you're like, oh, I, I completely see the inspiration. And it, it looks very interesting. Um, I'm interested to see like like the different guns and, you know, what aspects they bring with them. Um, and, you know, there's it's not often you can get a game that has like uh, a ton of character like this, but in a way that is engaging. I know when people see I feel like Borderlands used to be this until like people just decided they didn't think Borderlands was funny anymore. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, it's good to have like these first person shooter style of games that have a good sense of humor like this, because, you know, most first person shooters are pretty metal and, or like, you know, just uh, very serious, but not none where it has like a very, a very good sense of humor, I would say. And so, yeah, this, uh, it intrigued me from that alone. And then just, some of the creations within that world that you come across are just so wacky and, um, you know, unappealing, but appealing is the best way I would put it. <laughs> it looks polished and yeah. well put together, but yeah. it's, it's a little too wacky for, for my personal taste. <laughs> <laughs> I wish them the best. Of, I mean, people talk all the time. Ooh, where's like the, where's this? Where's that? It's like, all right, here you go. Here's yeah. that game. Here's what you've been craving. So make sure you support it. Yes. Instead of talking that shit. And see, <laughs> what do you have on the slate that caught uh, your eye? So as you mentioned, we've been waiting to see some of the um, developments of these oh. studios that Microsoft have picked up. And one of them being from Obsidian by way of yes. this game being called Pentiment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm going to read, read the IGN breakdown. Obsidian revealed their next game, Pentiment, as a narrative crime story set in 16th century Bavaria. Pentiment follows Andreas Maller, uh, a traveling artist who stops at any abbey, uh, stops at an abbey to make an illuminated, uh, illuminated manuscript, but the story takes a turn when Andreas' mentor is accused of murder. And so what I read in the description is that this game could span over 25 years and your character would be caught up in, you know, multiple other, I guess, murder, <laughs> murder mysteries at, at where you kind of get implicated or you're somehow involved in them. And they did say in the interview that 
it's not a straight up detective game. I mean, when I first saw this, the first thing I thought was, this is this is medieval Phoenix, right? It looks absolutely amazing. All you're missing yes. is the objection. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it uh, it looks great, uh, or at least looks interesting. They said that it's more, it's less Disco Elysium and, you know, more narrative driven. So they said Night in the Woods, um, like net, uh, narrative adventure is how they described it. And just based off the art style and, you know, the decisions that I guess you'll be going through, it definitely has me intrigued. I, I can't wait to see more from this game because, you know, something that just looks very different has a, has a different presentation um, can, you know, can seem a little more because when I saw night in the woods, you know, I was like, Oh, this looks like a, a fun game, possible game for impact, but just not something that I would want to play through. Whereas this one, it has like, what looks to be comical at times, but also very like serious in nature as you're dealing with like a murder. But because of the presentation, you can't help but like just enjoy just some of the animations. And uh, yeah, it's like you're staring at a, what is it like a was it not a fresco and an illuminated illuminated yeah. book? Yeah, a exactly. Cheerio. <laughs> yeah, <A> Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, yeah. It just looks uh, pretty. What do you think about it? What do you say? We we uh, giving them body shots to them charlatans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're just yeah holding his arms back and just giving them rough enough that yeah, those ribs. It, yeah, it's it's beautifully drawn. It's charmingly animated, and it seems to cover a wide gamut of situations and scenarios where you have to. Make decisions and like i i still don't really know what the game is about however with what they've shown of it it seems like there's a lot of variety in the content so that'll at least keep people interested just good there seems to be a lot of twists and turns when it comes to this this murder mystery or this crime this crime mystery so yeah man um i'm excited about it it's something that's very different and it's it's art focused so those two things usually catch my eye. I'll definitely keep an eye on it. It's coming from Obsidian, so they obviously know what they're doing insofar as making a game with nuance and, and branching paths and decisions and choices. So all that should be in order. And it looks like their their sense of humor and their creative writing is at an all-time high, even without a relationship with Chris Avalone. So this is one to watch yeah i'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on pentiment it's not exactly like a day one for me it doesn't look particularly like my kind of game but who knows maybe my comfort zone needs to be expanded a bit so we'll see what happens when pentiment arrives what else you got a dub i want to talk about the last case of benedict fox yes <laughs> <laughs> So this game, it, it's a it's a story focused Metroidvania. It has a gothic art style, and you play a character that seems to be like a, a kind of a demon hunter, or you know, you know, I don't know what the fuck he is, but <laughs> he's carrying out all this action while also having this voice in his head of this dark spirit that allows him to go into the minds of dead people, and you know look at their memories or experience their memories. So there's a very interesting premise here. Like I said, it's great art style, beautifully animated in the combos, the combat, it looks so picturesque, nuanced and, and stylish. It's, yeah, man, it's, if you're, if you're not gonna be into the story, it does have the gameplay and 
the overall aesthetic and look that is just something that you'd want to experience and see for yourself. So I'll be keeping my eye on it for that. I do love the premise of there being the spirit that the, that kind of, what is it? Haunts the character or lives within the character. And then that creates a whole new side of gameplay. Like it reminds me a bit of the medium, how you could walk, between two worlds, the real world, and then the, the upside down, as they say in Stranger Things. So it seems like a kind of a similar thing. It's like the medium meets cyberpunk with that whole brain dance kind of situation. So I'm interested to see what the gameplay of being inside of memory is like. Maybe that's more puzzle driven or something like that. And you have to figure out how, to, how the fragments go together. But I'm just speaking out of turn to fill up time because we don't know too much about this game. We know it looks awesome. And it's something to keep an eye on. AMC, how did you feel about the last case of Benedict Fox? Uh, looked fun. Looked awesome. I'm always a fan of anything that's, you know, 2D side-scrolling, Vania. That's, like, all um, right up my alley. And this one has a different look from, you know, other games that we've seen as far as, like, Vanias. And so um, that I would say that's what appealed most to me is just the... Um, the visuals of the game and knowing that like yeah. it's going to play a certain way that is completely you know right up my alley it's everything is lining up for this game so i just i, just, I want to see more of it but yeah this this is one of those ones that i would totally get if it's is it xbox exclusive do you know is it exclusive yeah. <laughs> doesn't really matter but yeah this is a game that's um you know in my well, it's coming it's coming out spring 2023 and it's confirmed to be day one on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, that value. Oh, no. Maybe you got to get that PC with your, with your annual bonus. <laughs> I'll no. teach your daughter how to make a PC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to give it your dear old dad? Make a fucking beast. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see the next game. This yes, is one, what do you uh, have? This one is, I believe, is how they opened it up and Look pretty awesome. This one being Redfall, a dub. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to read straight up. So Redfall is finally making its second appearance at the Xbox, but there's a showcase. This time we got a gameplay trailer featuring Layla and her telekinetic abilities of spectral elevators. We also got a comparison look at the island where the game will take place. The trailer also outlined all the abilities of the characters in Redfall. Jacob has the dead eye like ability from Red Dead Edition 2. Oh, nah. Plus an invis <laughs> invisibility cloak and the spectral cloak that can fly at enemies. Your homie Remy De La Rosa, De La Rosa is an engineer with a robot companion equipped with a vampire killing machine gun. Yes. Yes. And next, Divinder offers extensive knowledge of vampires and brings MacGyver equipment to ensnare enemies. Yeah, this game looked fun. Um, you could see. I believe this is made by Arcane, and you can you can see that influence from Dishonored as far as like that, you know, um, hero shooter. I guess is how you would describe it. But uh, also got kind of vibes of Left 4 Dead. That being that this game is co-op, and we saw like aspects of the game where you know they're coming up on a location and they're all you know scoping it out from their positions um, to you know cut a pathway in, and just some of the action looked fun um, with the. The vampires just 
popping in and being all vampire like shooting a muffin and getting that blade uh disintegration going as like the yes. the vampires disintegrate into ash <laughs> it had all the things you love about uh vampires and that hasn't really been you know captured in a game like this and you know just the right type of like third per i guess is it third person or first person? I'm not sure. It's first person. I wish first, it was third person. It'd yeah. be day one lock for me if it was first, if it was third person. Yeah. Uh first person shooter, vampire shooter. And yeah, it just looked like an overall just fun game. And uh I'm I'm interested to see how people take to this one, but it has a lot going for it. And you you're fighting not only vampires, you're fighting the the, the worshippers, the cultists of the people who lo- love vampires but aren't vampires but want to be wanna vampires. Want to be vampires. Ain't good enough to be vampires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, you got you got all types of stuff going on. I like the idea of having different abilities. So making each character its own class style in a way. And um, you know, having their own imprint on the game. What did you think about this when you saw the city done? The first thing that sprung to mind when I saw it is that it is beautifully rendered like it the visuals are top grade it it looks like something that's a bit transcendent from the the standard fare of first person shooters the enemies they they move beautifully the lighting is creepy and weird but you know what it's all balanced out by having your co-op buddies and having your special abilities that enable you to level the playing field i love the we were talking about it and you said it, but I also love it. So I'm going to say it. the impact of the weapons, like you pull that trigger. It feels like you just blasted some shit. <laughs> just, <laughs> just looking at it. It's just awesome. I love that kind of feedback where they appropriately capture the power of these just deadly weapons. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, if you have zombie fatigue, then worry no more because now you're getting vampire shooters instead of zombie shooters. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there, shut your bitch ass. But yeah, it, it looks good. I hope it does well. It, it has some good stuff going for it. And yeah, man, it's it's nice to finally see it in action. The last time we saw Redfall, it was a CG trailer when it was initially revealed. So now we have a better idea of exactly what the game play experience would be like and we just gotta wait until it gets across the finish line so that people can get their hands on it i'm hoping i hear good things about it it looks fantastic be kind to it gamers if it's a good (laughs) game if it's a good game give it its credit but you know what you know how those things go you know how that guy we know what you what you got next i got i got something that came out of left field I wasn't quite ready. It's been on the tongues of of people who support rumors for like a year or two now. You know, every show was like, oh, they're going to show it this year. Oh, they're going to show it this year. And it never came. But it finally happened. Your boy, Hideo Kojima, has announced that he has formed a new partnership with Xbox. Uh, and he's working on the game. Uh, kind of death row. Uh. <laughs> Basically, never. But yeah, and of course, there was just outrage. There's a petition <laughs> going around. So Kojima, like the following day, had to issue a statement. Like, look, I still have a healthy relationship with Sony. Just on this next game, it's Xbox time. Yeah. Uh, so people need to chill out. 
let this man do his thing. You know, we, there are no details yet. They just started working on it, but I believe it's going to be some kind of cloud-based experience. So we'll see what that is. Coach Jamal promises that it is a, a new and unique idea that he has been excited about for a very long time, and he finally gets to start on it. So it'll be interesting to see what that ends up being. What does mean? <laughs> How outraged are you that Coach Jamal <laughs> is making a Microsoft game? What, but. But Norman Reedus already confirmed. Now we're getting Death Stranding too. How can he? Yeah. How can he be making multiple games? A dub. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and a TV show. Yeah, How's he doing? Has <laughs> he had the time? Does, uh, the, does his Japanese work ethic know no limits? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is great. I mean, I think it's awesome that one that he has. Um, you know that he's still branching out. You know that he's still got. He still got that love for Sony. You still got that relationship with Sony, but um, I ain't got that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, I mean, on top of that, like uh, you know, that's one of the things Xbox is known for, or at least Microsoft is known for, is for its 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 Azure, its 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 cloud based uh, platform, and um, you know, we've we've heard that Sony, you know, partnered with them to possibly do some stuff on that, and. You know, Kojima, he's all about like taking advantages of new, I guess, new developments, uh, new new opportunities within the uh, the industry to then take gaming to the next level. And so, with that, maybe he he sees something on the cloud based platform that could be very unique to a Kojima like style experience uh, when it comes to like gaming. And so, I, I'm very interested to see what he plans to exploit there, what he plans to put out, especially that being if it is something that he's had, you know, in, in the works for a while, is, is it going to be Silent Hill? <laughs> um, but yeah, we don't know what it's going to be. One can only hope. Yeah. <laughs> what, if, what if that's what like Norman Reese was referring to? It's like, yeah, we're doing the, uh, another one of those. Like, <laughs> 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 of their video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, um, it's, it's interesting, but uh, I, it, it's cool. It's, it's just good for, for gamers to have, you know, to have that other experience, something that's a little bit different to see an auteur go into a new space and play around there and see what, what becomes of it. Um, how about, how about yourself? What say you, Ada? I mean, he's the Steve Jobs of gaming. He just, he lets you know the things that you want before you want them. It's chunky pasta sauce all day long. And yeah, man, we, we have no details. We've seen nothing, but we know Kojima is the originator, the innovator. So he's going to bring us something that we won't immediately appreciate, but over time we will learn and unravel the layers of genius that nestle the seed that is what he planted. So I'm looking forward to more news. Just glad he's working and, and doing stuff. He must have multiple projects in the works or something to that degree because there's, there's a lot of Kojima stuff going on all at once and it doesn't seem to be all connected to a single thing. Looking forward to more news and information. I got Kojima's back. <laughs> right behind Jeff Keighley. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah, you know it must have hurt like Kojima to not announce this on you know the Summer Games Fest. Games Fest. <laughs> he's like, come on, you know you got to do it here. And he's like, uh, I promise, I promise, Phil Spencer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> me and Arad, we, we have a deal. <laughs> me, me and Arad promised him. <laughs> Man, I know if I see 
Wait, if I see a picture of Kojima in The Rock, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, so we got The Rock. Uh, let's see. Uh, if he does a if he does a survival horror game starring The Rock in third person, oh my god, that would be utterly insane. Yeah, that would be that would be nuts. Like The Rock can actually go toe to toe with the creature. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I can. It's the first like survival game where you can just like punch him to death. <laughs> you, you know, and it's like it's no guns either. Yeah. You're you're picking up stuff in the environment and just whooping that candy ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the survival is your endurance <laughs> to how long you can how long you could whoop that ass before you get tired. Yeah, you can still run. I mean, you like. <laughs> The enemies can still fuck you up, but <laughs> yeah. you gotta like you have to be able to read the environment and kind of like pace yourself and utilize the environment to your advantage. Like picking up picket picket fence posts, <laughs> smacking a ghost. <laughs> I want to see that shit with them rock muscles. Yeah, that'd be awesome. In full in full motion capture. Just catch that Brahma bull. <laughs> I love The Rock. I love everything he does. He needs to be in a video game ASAP. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he showed up at Summer Games Fest. Uh, let's see. Next one we got Overwatch 2A dub. Oh, I know. Uh, see you. Wait for it. Yeah, it's more controversy. Uh, yeah, so let's see. We got here. We got we met Overwatch's newest character, the Junker Queen, who was a yes. gladiatorial warrior from the Badlands that uses a lever action shotgun. And a large axe, hell yeah. Um, a couple more details we learned. In this June 2022 reveal event, Blizzard unveiled a more complete picture of the business model. Overwatch 2 eyes. This is a businessman. <laughs> it's a businessman. Yes. Let's see. Overwatch 2 will be a free-to-play live service game uh, with seasonal updates every nine weeks or so. Each season will have a battle pass. Uh, the seasonal updates will regularly add new maps and heroes for all players. Overwatch, Overwatch 2's first season will begin with its release on October 4, 2022, bringing three new heroes, six new maps, a new game mode, and a few dozen new skins and cosmetics. But wait, AMC. You said the game has a battle pass. But what about the loot boxes? <laughs> That's why that's why we have a battle pass, a eh, dub. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, what's it called? Um, so as we know right now, there's also going to be PVE content that um, that is kind of its own thing <laughs> that they are working on right now. They were just focused on the PvP portions of the game, the free to play, the live service portions of the game. And this is a new look. I mean, what do you think about this this idea of Overwatch going free to play with a with a battle pass? I mean, they. You can play it in kinda, Belgium. They kind of, yeah, you can play it in the Netherlands and Belgium. <laughs> they kind of left Activision and Blizzard little room to maneuver. And it's very interesting to me how once loot boxes go away and are replaced with the Battle Pass, where you can straight up miss out on content, it doesn't matter if it's a, a special holiday event or anything like that. Like, it's a battle pass. If you don't pay for that extra tier or however their battle pass works, you're just not getting that shit. Whereas if you had a loot box, you always had a chance of getting that content. So it was interesting to me to see people in comment sections of that news lamenting the change and wanting the loot boxes back. It's like, wait a minute, you guys got foreign governments involved. You made this big hissy fit 
over loot boxes. And what you guys failed to listen to anyone with common sense about was that you weren't going to magically make the monetization disappear. You were just going to leave them with no choice but to make it more direct and just something that you can't avoid. So instead of having this system where you get rewarded for playing the game, and if you'd like, you could spend money and get the extra boxes if you want that content, which affects gameplay in no tangible way whatsoever, now you got a battle pass. So <laughs> pat yourself on the backs, gamers. You, you got rid of loot boxes in one of the more prominent games that featured them. However, you put everybody in a situation where we have to pay for stuff that we don't want to pay for if we want to get it. So, yeah, thanks for nothing. <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> um, but, yeah. other, but other than that, I mean, on the subject of the game. On the subject of the game. The move to free-to-play is... Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense. Overwatch needs to be in the hands of as many people as possible. And now with the battle pass and the the less avoidable uh, payments that you have to make to the game, they'll easily make that money back up because in the end, the broader gaming community at large doesn't give a shit about all this. They just want to play good games and have a good time. Overwatch being a great game and a fantastic time. So it's, it's cool. Go ahead. Get that, get that free to play. Give them a shoot on. Play these new characters. Start getting all this new content, and then have that PVE being added to the game. You know, in steady increments. So, you know, it's it's Overwatch. It, they have a pass to be able to do whatever it is they need to do with the game. And now that it'll be available to as many people as possible, I think it has an even greater chance to see greater success. Maybe even Overwatch League becomes a, a bigger spectacle as a result. So I'm looking forward to the future of this franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I think it's a good move going free to play. Um, especially after Overwatch one, um, I put so many hours into that game and yes, you did. There was a part of me that was like, well, I don't know if I would, um, it's just the nature of like just how I game now. I'm not playing as much multiplayer, so you know the uh, if they were to have charged sixty bucks, it would have been something that would have you know made it a, a tougher decision as if I was going to continue on with Overwatch Two. But knowing that it's free to play, th- that leaves it as always a possibility to jump in, but not a do I need this immediately? And yeah, as you said, it's a it's a good way to bring in new people because the people who are going to play overwatch are already playing it. And so it's a good way to, yeah, bring those people who are maybe on the fence deciding if they were going to, you know, drop some money down. Now it's, it's an easy invite in with the battle pass situation. You know, people are so upset about loot boxes uh, that battle passes were supposed to be the, uh, the answer to loot boxes. I thought everybody liked it when Fortnite did it. Yada, yada, yada. But um, yeah, I guess, when you change things, I think what we learned is what we always learn with gamers is once you change something, then they get upset about that, that change. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good way to handle it. Um, for those who hate the randomization, I never had an issue with the loot boxes. I always thought it was stupid when people made the argument that suddenly that cosmetics were just as important as like actual like content that like you know determines how powerful your character is <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they're like oh cosmetics it does, it does affect the game yeah. no it doesn't cosmetics no, are does gameplay not. it's like no they're not gameplay they are just a way to just look different and look cool in front of your friends but i'm playing the game to get them yeah <laughs> that's not how that works 
Yeah. It's not. Stop. <laughs> stop with the, the mental floor routines. You're not Dominic Dawes or Simone Biles. Just stop with the mental gymnastics to try to make something innocuous into an issue that then somebody's going to address and it's not going to turn out the way that you wanted it to and everybody has to suffer. Just shut up. Enjoy the game. <laughs> or play something else. Quit. Quit belly bitching all the fucking time. Tired of stuff being changed for no goddamn reason and everybody having to suffer the consequences. It's getting old and motherfuckers need to grow up. I'm tired of it. Yeah. Here, here. I concur. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what you got next, to you doing? I got mad shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, one game that I definitely think is one of the titles to watch in 2023 is Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn. Uh, not too long ago, we were given a very brief kind of CGI trailer about what this game is. It looked intriguing, has an interesting main character, has, you know, a even more interesting setting with some excellent art direction and overall design. Now we've finally seen the game in action and it looks to live up to its visual promise where we we see a character with these unique abilities of transforming into energy and, and moving about the landscape through triangular-shaped glyphs that appear in the air. I mean, the, the combat looks fluid, nuanced, and has just an amazing animation style. This is one of the kind of games I believe will be representative of the, the voice of the Xbox first-party development. Like, this is the kind of thing I see that looks like it's on the level of like a Naughty Dog or a Guerrilla Games or something like that. So I'm very excited for what Flintlock is bringing to the table. Like I said, it looks phenomenal. It man, it, it just oozes character and polish and quality. So this is something that I'm absolutely going to be keeping a stern eye on. And this might end up being the kind of day one game that gets me back into the Xbox ecosystem. I haven't played my Xbox in a great deal of time, but this is the kind of stuff that makes me see the Xbox as like a platform that can have a a decent share of my free time. AMC, how did you feel about Flintlock? Yeah, Flintlock looks absolutely awesome. Um, like the character, um, like the companion. I'm all about a character and a companion. And yeah, it reminded me of Gravity Rush with with Cat and and Dusty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um looked awesome and just yeah the action was all there i just the world the aesthetic everything it it was like one of those things where it seemed like the just a complete and perfect package of like everything you like in those style of games and just what's most important was the action and the variety of action and this the way you can go about attacking things and it just had all of that going for it i said that i said like jokingly said to you like this is the type of game that people would probably you know shake their head at if it was like a sony first party game i was like oh what is this like not another one yeah not another one of these another sign that sony is no longer a, a japanese developing like company <laughs> um yeah just getting away from their roots but like you look at it here and it's just uh yeah, it can it can breathe and, and be its own thing, and it looked absolutely awesome. And yeah, I can't wait to 
like see more from this game but from what they revealed i i'm right there with you it looks like a, a straight up day one style of game if i had an xbox <laughs> it's got got that sliding yeah. <laughs> you got it you got your flintlock you got a you got a blade in your other hand so you're mixing up combos in that manner you have the range as well as the the close and i'm, t- I'm telling you guys if you haven't seen this game you should go look it up on youtube and see it for yourself it's just beautifully animated the combat looks amazingly fluid this is the kind of stuff that that i personally live for and look for whenever a new generation of hardware comes along just always keeping an eye out for the next stage of that scene painting canvas where i can do the things necessary to look the way i want to look yes sir all right the next game i got a dub this one being Minecraft Legends. <laughs> oh, uh, the reason why I bring this up, um, so this is it's different. It's something that you know we discussed in our last episode when we were briefly covering the the Warhammer event of the Warhammer games. And one thing we said about Warhammer is when they're not only about pumping out games, but they pump out different games and they all look interesting. And I feel like that's the space that Minecraft is falling into from where it began to, you know, then decide, you know, we're going to put out a Diablo style, like dungeon crawling game. Mm-hmm. And it was just absolutely awesome. And now we got Minecraft legends, which is as best described an action strategy game. You know, it's coming in 2023. Let's see what we got here. Um, so it, it combines real time strategy elements with the world of Warcraft in a brief gameplay video, you could see the character on a horse as he's seen leading an army of minion, my minions into battle with the ability to command uh, the real time, the, the legion in real time. And you just see them leading an assault on a castle with his 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 horde of you know just whatever they were <laughs> going against the <laughs> the demon pigs of the world, like zombie, whatever the hell they are. Just you're going against the undead animals, and it, it just looked like. A very awesome fun style of game um kind of like uh i was gonna say like like vibes of uh was a shadow like war of mordor or whatever it was like shadow war shadow war shadow of mordor (laughs) yeah like playing playing with the keyboard on my face yeah like when they when they finally got to the point where you could then like you know command like a legion and lead and lead a siege on um you know a stronghold but like this is all in the minecraft style of gaming and you're leading your your army as you siege like different like castles it's dumbass cat and um why hasn't somebody done a mod for shadow of mortar that replaces the character with thanos and replaces the horde that he commands with just that army that he commanded in infinity in um in game That'd be hot as hell. Just waiting in the battle is Thanos. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. You're just like clearing out the, the food. <laughs> with, with, with all the moss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it looks like a fun, different style of game. Um, I'm interested to see more about it because, you know, it has the uniqueness of Minecraft where you are, it looks like you are like settlement building and all that good stuff. But then it's a real time strategy where then you're then raising an army to then go and lead a siege, but it's not that typical real time strategy, top down angle. <laughs> so it has like a little bit of everything going forward in, in its uniqueness of Minecraft. And yeah, I can't wait to see more of that game and like kind of just everything that that game has involved in it, just because I love, I love everything that is Minecraft spinoff. What did you think of this game? Ada? I think it looks awesome, man. Minecraft had Minecraft has a very unique, charm and presentation to it uh it being third person that immediately ratcheted up 
like one or two points. Whereas if it was first person, I wouldn't even pay attention. But, you know, it's third person. It I love like the colors and the way that the game moves. It It's very, <laughs> I don't know, it's very fitting for the visual presentation, which is highly detailed, way more than I thought that a Minecraft game would be. And I like that Minecraft is entering the realm of like RPGs. They had the Minecraft Dungeons, which was your, your dungeon crawling loop game. And now they have Minecraft Legends, which is it's that action strategy. So it, it's also, I think they're doing a really good job with the Minecraft IP. And I can't wait to see more of this game. It it has that humor. <laughs> it has that, it has those under the hood gameplay mechanics that make it what it is. And it's, it's just cool. So who knows? Maybe this is the one that gets me into the Minecraft world. Maybe it's not, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's see what I got next for you. Should we get to the big dog? Let me my notes real quick. Well, let's get to one of the big dogs. Oh, big dog, big nuts. So, <laughs> uh, if, if you know, a dub, I've been following the quarterly updates for this one, but we finally got ourselves an extended gameplay reveal as well as the fifth and final class for the looming release of Diablo 4. Yes. yes. So uh, if you if you listen to the show in recent weeks, you would know that Activision Blizzard made the statement saying that Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 were being delayed. They would be pushed out of 2022 and into 2023 or beyond, which, you know, left things pretty up in the air. However, we got this reveal of not only Overwatch 2, but Diablo 4, uh, they showed us the fifth and final class that will be joining the roster, which is the Necromancer, uh, mm-hmm. revealed in beautifully stylish fashion with just the highest quality of cutscene and in-game rendering that just, uh, it, it, it just, it takes you there and it puts you in the place that you want to be because we, we all want to get back into that demon stomping, hell battling world of sanctuary. Oh. So, okay. so we got to see some some necromancer gameplay, you know, blowing up bodies, and we got some information about the modes and features that will be in Diablo 4. One of the notable ones is that it will include PvP areas where you can you can swing on each other and then each other can swing back. So it, just be forewarned if you're the type of person who's gonna wade in the battle just swinging things, not not assessing the situation, not coming in with a strategy. Somebody might mop that ass up. And the beauty of the system that they take to the next level is that if you're someone who is just continually successful as PvP, you then show up on the map as a champion, which makes you into just a, a sentient loot drop for for anybody who thinks that they can possibly take you down. So it's, it's almost like it's an, it's an iteration on the Nemesis system where occasionally in Diablo 3, a highly powered enemy would appear. And if you beat them, you get a legendary. But if you don't beat them, they teleport into somebody else's game. And it, it marks it as like, oh, this is A-Dub's Nemesis showing up in AMC's game. And if AMC beats it, then he gets that legendary. So... It'll be 
very interested to see how this is going. I mean, of course, we know Diablo 4 is open world. You have the mount. Uh, it's going to have sort of MMO type of features in it where there are areas where people will be able to converge and play together in order to facilitate that. The game is going to be cross-platform. So if you're on your PC, if you're on your Xbox, if you're on your Xbox One, your PS4, your Switch, it's cross-platform and cross-progression. So you'll be able to get together and match the hordes. They even have world events that you'll be able to participate in together. On top of that, they also have like like world bosses where just this ridiculous enemy pops up and everybody has to band together to take it down. Um, another addition to the game that they're doing is that it has, not only does it have 150 dungeons, but it also has enemy strongholds that you can wade into. And as you defeat those, they either turn into friendly towns of sorts or other dungeons or, you know, it, the ball's in the air on that one. But there's the possibility of it turning into something different that will give you even another opportunity to get even more loot and just make that build work for that ass. AMC, do you have anything to add, especially your feelings about Diablo 4 as we get closer to this 2023 release? Yeah, I am so excited for Diablo 4. I have one of the games that I left off because I never mentioned mobile games and the uh, what I've been playing, but I have been playing a little bit of Diablo Immortal still. Uh, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't touched it in a minute. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, and yeah, as I'm playing it, I'm just like, I can't wait for Diablo 4 to come out because that is going to be even better. <laughs> it's like, this is just a taste of Diablo. And so yeah, um, the action just looks clean i mean they have been doing you know all their developer updates and things like that so it's not like this is the first time we've seen this game but just like you know like confirm like just you know just seeing it again and just confirming that like just the action looks absolutely incredible uh there's gonna be a ton to do in this game but it's gonna be everything that you know and love about diablo um i'm already like you know I'm already pretty set on um, that I'm going to be playing as Druid. And now that I know all the classes, that's pretty much cemented. I'm currently playing as a Necromancer. So I'm getting my Necromancer fixed right now in Diablo Immortal. So that's not a class that that's one that I, I might have let off with <laughs> in Diablo 4. But since I'm getting my fix there and it's been since Diablo 2, since I played as a Druid, that is definitely where I'm going. But yeah, everything looks dope. The action looks great. Some of the abilities just look insane. Like they show like an enemy looking it looked like not an enemy it looked like one of the characters summoned like just a wave of blood water <laughs> a, a flood blood and, um and it's just a wave of it and it's just like taking out all the enemies in his path i like seeing the um that it's not as like splashy as far as like you know just in diablo 3 love that game incredible game perfect game but you know like when you hit the thing and it's just all these effects happening and it seems like it's, <laughs> yeah and it seems like there's like it's a little more muted and with that you can see a lot more of the impact and the action as it's going on and like just some of the uh like the enemies how they just fly when they die and things along those lines like it, there's a lot more care put into the uh the animations within the game and making sure that you can see them and i'm really appreciating that um and yeah it just I just want the game. I can't wait for it to come out. It's going to be everything. And until that happens, I'll continue playing Diablo Immortal. But yeah, Diablo 4 is going to be the game. And it's just, uh, it's, next year is just 
getting set up to like we talked about how great 2022 is but you know with the delays and now some of the announcements that we're seeing um 2023 is just stacking up to be to be that year <laughs> Absolutely. Um, where 2022 was is that year 2003 is going to be that year so yeah i i cannot wait um and yeah i i'm at a point now where i don't really need to see any more of diablo just give me that diablo um whenever that that drops oh it's how do you feel knowing that within the next 12 months you will be playing diablo 4 uh it feels great i mean i i can't wait um it's I'm so happy to have Diablo Immortal right now because it's, if anything, it's just getting me more excited just playing this one and having so much fun with a mobile version of the game. And then knowing that like, it's going to just take that, that, that high of a step up once I get the the console version of it. Um, Yeah. It's all my excitement is there. And, you know, as much as like, I feel like people want to, you know, and and well-deserved, they want to, give some shots to blizzard you know they 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 don't want to give blizzard it's due because of you know things that that came out in that in that investigation you still realize that the company has to move on the developers the people who are working there aren't the people who are causing the issues um and so yeah you got you have to just understand that that was then and then this is now and diablo looks absolutely amazing and um i hope that you know, by the time Diablo 4 comes out, it gets a, a fair shake as opposed to, you know, people want to, you know, permanently, you know, uh, punish Blizzard <laughs> for, you know, being connected to Activision and, and all that entails. Oh, there go. So excited. <laughs> yes. What else are you excited about? All right. Let's just get right into the the big one, A-Dub. This is the one that we've been waiting for. We knew that Starfield was coming. We knew that, uh, you know, Starfield got delayed and you know we're still waiting to see we've seen a little footage here and there but we haven't really seen that that gameplay yet we've we've learned about some of the the alien races or some of the civilizations that you'll come across in the dev diaries but we haven't really got an idea of how this game will play and how it will look we've just heard a lot of you know promises and you know expectations but not necessarily any you know actual hardcore evidence and now we finally got it aw because we got the full gameplay reveal of starfield and oh man i mean it comes in phases so we can discuss the different phases of the gameplay reveal um we'll just start off with that first one where it opens up and yeah, first of all we got we got your boy todd howard yeah, all, all, all in, in his brown. Also known as God Howard. God Howard in, in his brown jacket, in his, in his brown shoes. In his messy shoes. This look is so good. And just crisp, fresh up, shaved. Yeah, not a hair out of place. Yeah, just. Not a up. word flubbed from the teleprompter. <laughs> exactly. The man is perfect. Yeah, he is perfect in every way. As, as much as people like to come at him. He just stands strong and is like, yeah, come at me because I got the I got the goods and I will deliver on the goods when it is time. I got so the yeah, numbers. I got the fans. Yeah. <laughs> putting Skyrim on Steam Deck. <laughs> yes. And so yes, uh, we see that first phase of the uh, the reveal where it opens up, you're in your ship, you see that 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 back uh latch open up it it reveals you see you got your droid there the droid walks out ahead of you onto this desolate planet and you walk out and you start seeing a little bit of the alien life these like little giant 
centipede bug looking things mm-hmm. just strolling around and you see a little bit of bigger arachnid looking things like just like what the fuck and they're just you know doing their thing as they're walking across he pulls out the pistol getting ready to shoot but you know the, the alien life is you know doing its own damn thing and so he he he, he you know holsters his pistol and keeps it moving mm-hmm. and you know the game you know we see a little bit more we see a little bit of the uh the mining and things along those lines and then we see the character come up to uh looks like what a pirate base <laughs> <laughs> and it goes into a little bit of that you know we see we get little glimpses of you know the character in third person they're in their astronaut suit and then we see a little bit we see a little bit of the first person action they they they, they whip out their assault rifle they're, they're loading it they're, they're cocking it <laughs> they're getting it ready and it goes in and you get a little bit of a, a first person shootout going on with them and the space pirates and um you know it's it's interesting uh i've heard a little bit of you know, I'll just ask you straight up. What did, what did you think so far of the game in, in this first in this first part of the reveal? And it, was, it, it greatly exceeded my expectations, number one, because I keep my expectations very grounded and realistic. And number two, because it it's exactly what I asked for and more. It's basically fallout in space. You know, it's you, you're, the combat isn't really rewriting the book or doing anything truly, you know, crazy or unique with the sci-fi setting like you're just shooting bullets so who knows what else the game holds in that regard we still have to see what the melee build might be <laughs> we want to see the, the futuristic melee weapons well yeah you you have your shooting gameplay but along with that you're also getting zero g gameplay you're also getting you know jet packs uh, you're getting mining tools so you can harvest resources. You can set up outposts and build settlements a la Fallout 4 and, you know, visit different planets and get resources. And speaking of planets, there are lots of them. In fact, Mr. Howard said there's about a thousand planets that you can visit and explore. And it's not just you go there and there's this, well, can't say for sure what it's going to be like when you land there, but according to Todd Howard in a follow-up interview with IGN, you can land anywhere on the planet and explore. Uh, they they said that the game has more handcrafted content than they've had in any of their previous games. Uh, there's over 200,000 lines of dialogue, things of that nature. You're, you're going to have four major cities within the, the unified systems or whatever it's called in the game. And yeah, you're going to get about 30 or 40 hours of content just for the main story alone. It's also their, they, they've made more content for this game than they've made for any other game. So along with those thousand planets, you're also going to get a lot of procedural generation. Uh, knowing exactly what that's going to be in practice is still up in the air. We'll have to see how that works in either another gameplay demo or through some kind of explanation. But overall, it's like, whether whether you're talking about a no man's sky with its two to the 64th planets or you're talking about starfield with its thousand planets like a thousand is a big enough number where it completes the fantasy like you're you're not going to to run out of planets in like a week or a month or two playing this game unless you make a very deliberate effort of just landing on every planet and then going to the next one and just be like, oh, I did it. You 
know, like the 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 platinum hunters who get those ninety nine cent games <laughs> just to get that trophy. But no, it's I don't know how they're doing it, but I'm very glad that they are doing it. I mean, you're going to have ship customization, which seems to be very cool. You're going to be having dogfights in space. You're going to be able to dock and maybe do some inter-ship interactions. Maybe, maybe, maybe people are bored and <laughs> you got to take them out and blow them out the airlock. I don't know. But it, there's... There's plenty of room for the things that we want to see and the things that we have seen look like they are well done. We're getting back to the silent protagonists with dialogue taking place in first person again. So we're moving away from the Fallout 4 example of having the voice protagonist with the, the third person dialogue. And yeah, man, you, you're going to have your bills. They have a robust character creator where you can choose the the body type of the character all kinds of different skin tones and hair and everything and it it looks a bit better it's it it looks like it's going to be what it needs to be for it to be the best thing that it could possibly be so i'm very excited i'm day one on it amc do you have anything to add yeah i mean we can get into all the other stuff um so yeah, we I was gonna break it down in phases. So we saw that first part with the shooting. I'll discuss that part right now. So we saw the shooting, and you know, the first thing I when I heard about it before seeing any of the reveal, and I saw I heard, just listened to people discuss it, and they were like, "There's not a ton of impact," but like for me, it was like, and I think that's like what you'll get as as the as the gameplay reveal continued. It's one of those things where it's like. But this is only a portion of it. And that's why I felt like it was important to discuss the dip, the many phases of the reveal of this game. Because it was less, it was just like, here's just this one part. You get to a planet, you get resources. And this is like a planet where you're like, that is the focus. You're getting resources. You, you might come across a, a settlement or, or a base. You go in there, you get in a shootout, and you deal with whatever is going on in there. And like that's its own thing. I thought the action was, you know, it was serviceable. That's how I feel like with most most Bethesda games. It's like it's it's not going to be you know a Souls game, but that's not what you're looking for <laughs> in in these style of games. Like it's it's more about like you know the rich environments with the the larger narrative and the NPCs and things along those lines. And so the fact that like there's just this one portion of the game that's you know very um, very much about like resource gathering and exploration but then it, it goes from the next phase of the presentation to then you're now in uh you're now like on a planet that's developed settled uh you're, you're in like a hub city where there's tons of people you're talking to people and then you have like that that tried and true bethesda you know dialogue where it's in the first person. It's in the first person view. They're talking to you and directly um, at you. <laughs> yeah. They're talking directly at you. And yeah, it's like, it's what you would expect from a Bethesda game. And we didn't get to really see the dialogue options, but you can assume that that's how it's going to work. Like how you would expect any other Bethesda game. to work. You're going to have your skill checks. There's too many, yeah. there's too many perks and traits and, and they skills showed, they showed, and ranks. <laughs> But they showed in the customizations, one of them is that like you have like diplomacy and things along those lines where even like to the point where you could have diplomacy where like they're getting ready to attack you and then they don't. <laughs> and so like, and then there's ones where you can just get through dialogue options a lot easier. So it's it's all there. And so we know that that's even its own portion of the game where you're going to be dealing with like just, you know, 
settlements and well, not settlements, but like civil, like going through a city, a hub and talking to people and pushing the narrative that way. And also, you know, dealing with merchants, quest lines, things along, along those lines. So that's like, that's what like, and that's what I appreciate this game. Like when you think about like No Man's Sky and like whatever, like Elden Ring, like you're not getting that in this style of game and that's what makes this like unique on its own but even then you still then have more phases of the game um where then you're now it's about like settlement building and you're putting the settlement together you're you're picking out your crew um people meet along the way and you're like using them to work the settlement also um and then on top of that you have your your spaceship which you get to build and so and then you can focus on that and like you you can walk through your spaceship and everything like that and you know decide where like you're literally building it it's not like oh we have a bunch of different models that you can choose from and you can then slightly modify those models it's like it looks like you're building your ship from fucking scratch which is its own thing and so that's what i love about this game it's like even where I heard the, you know, the little nitpicking where it's like, oh, like the shooting, like it's, it doesn't have the same impact, the same thump that you would expect from like other great first person shooters. But it's like in a game like this, that is of this scale, there are some games where it's like the, you know, the parts make up the entire game. And so if some of the parts aren't as strong as the others well it's so vast there's so much that you know a weak place here can get made up for here or you just overlook it and that's how i feel like that's something that you can kind of expect with like some bethesda games is that like you know it's not going to be perfect but because the overall experience is so awesome and there's so much you so much you can do um between like you know the narrative focus to the exploration to the the base building uh to the you know the the, the dog fights and we haven't really seen everything that comes into play when you're in space you just know that you're going to be in a ship and what's great is that you could be first person in that ship third person in ship and you you'll be shooting at people but then you'll also be docking at stations so there's a lot uh going on there in its own way and the game just seems so vast with all of its planets but yet all of its ship elements and its space elements i can't wait to see how that all interconnects and comes into play i know people are going to try to like nitpick every little detail of this game but i think it's i think it is going to be one of those things where it's like 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 that it's like the sum is greater than like each individual part. And so, yeah, um, I am looking forward to Starfield. This was an excellent first reveal of the game. It's definitely something that like, if it were <laughs> coming to PlayStation, I would be all over it. Um, and yeah, it's just another reason now to consider getting an Xbox. Um, and it's, it's great. And we know that they have so much coming as, as far as Bethesda goes in. If this is just, um, I mean, it's it's kind of a quick hit, but I'll just throw it in here. But if this just sets it all up, I mean, we got a great Starfield game. We know that we got Skyrim coming, and it was also confirmed that right after Skyrim, we'll have Fallout Five on the way. And so they're just you're just churning out these games that everybody wants. Um, and it's it's this is a great setup as far as like um and also having something that's a little different i know people try to say like ah, oh, like bethesda games have a feel but and they all seem very similar but like i don't know it's for me a different environment a different setting gives it something unique in its own different way like it's you play souls games but yet like 
if you were to play Demon Souls, it's not going to play. It's not going to feel like Elden Ring. And if you play Demon Souls, it's not going to be the same as if you were to play Sekiro. Like they are similar, but they are different. And I think that's how you have to view it. Like you're playing. If you play Skyrim, you play Fallout. Well, you're not getting in a fucking ship and flying off into space. So that makes it unique in its own way. And so even if you say that it does look similar, it isn't the same game at all from these other games that people have loved and played the shit out of in the past. And so I think once people get past their, you know, this is Bethesda and we're going to criticize Bethesda because that's what we do now. um, They'll realize that there is a, a good game here to be had. So I'm extremely excited. However, there are some people who don't share that enthusiasm. We got trouble of the week. Trouble of the week. Trouble of the week. Trouble of the week. Week, 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 Yes, these trolls are coming sideways at the Xbox Showcase. None of the other showcases, just Xbox Showcase. Tons of showcases, tons of games shown. This was a phenomenal two weeks of coverage. There's just so many games. I can't keep track of any individual one and things are just going to be releasing. Like, oh, that's, a, oh, that's, a, oh, shit, forgot about that. I'm going to get that. First show says, it's pretty bad so far. It's like the actual games aren't interesting. Only the fact that you don't have to pay for them. <laughs> so that's, a, that's a shot at Game Pass, which you Shutting. are paying for. <laughs> It almost sounds like a, a, a support of Game Pass because then they can play these uninteresting games <laughs> without spending a damn. <laughs> but yeah, that's it, it, it's ridiculous. If anybody could watch that Xbox showcase and not come away with at least one thing that they are interested in or excited about, then I think you should just quit gaming. And I, I don't know, make your own game. Do something because the world is leaving you behind <laughs> and it is not looking back for you. So you're either going to catch up to the wagon or you're going to build your own wagon, but you're not riding with us no more. Uh, next show says this show has been trash as expected. Redfall is cringe. Forza is still Forza. Everything else is third party. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They showed off the obsidian game Pentiment. That is First party, uh, Redfall. I don't know why it's cringe. It's first person. You can't even see the characters. Oh, their, their dialogue, the writing, they sound like millennials. Oh, get with the times, granddad. This is things are changing. This is how people talk now. So you're gonna have to get used to the idea that the the broader audience is younger and speaks a different language than you. And for the record the fuck over it people got upset about the the humor in borderlands 3 people got upset about the writing in saints row people got upset people always get upset i'm tired of people being upset just keep your goddamn gripes to yourself shut the fuck up next show says my god this show blows <laughs> why even get a series x nothing looks next year <laughs> <laughs> Nothing looks next gen. Uh, do us a favor and go to uh, my control issues on Twitter and let's post a screenshot of your game in development that looks next gen so we can we can see how it's done. Last show says all these games and none of them look good. <laughs> <laughs> I had to laugh at that one because it's just completely outrageous. All of those games look great. Xbox is putting themselves in a in an excellent position over the next 12 months to really t- 
turn around their their first party ship and get things going. Like I said earlier in the show, the the seeds that they planted with these acquisitions seem to finally be bearing fruit. So we just need to see how everything performs and if they don't make any changes or, or get rid of any content in the near future. But so far, over the next 12 months, they're going to have all the necessary offerings in order to make their service even more appealing than it already is. AMC, what do you have for these trolls? Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, which basically everything you said. I mean, a lot of like what we've had is like, we've gotten the what you would expect from Xbox. And as you were pointing out now, it was the acquisitions. Like we've, we've gotten the Forzas, we now have gotten Halo. Um, and so, and we've known that, you know, what is it? Um, damn, it was just right on my my, my tongue. But um, Starfield. You know, Hellblade. We knew that Hellblade was on the way. But yeah, we just haven't like seen anything else. And now that we're getting a taste of it and the fact that like, it's not also what you would expect. Like we've seen Starfield, but like, uh, like as far as like Obsidian's next game, like that was it Pentiment's game was not mm-hmm. what I was expecting, and it looks unique, it looks different, and it looks like it looks fun. Um, and yeah, and so that's what, if anything, that's why what, what I took away from this is it's not we're now getting what the acquisitions would pay off for as far as like newness and something different. Like we're not seeing the gears, the games that we would expect from Xbox, and so yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see. Um, now like as these roll out what else they have because this is as you said this is just pretty much the next 12 months because that means that they're just going to keep churning out content from there and that's going to be fun to see once that once that steady stream of development and uh games start like releasing then uh it's going to be fun to just see that happening because you know we've seen that with like nintendo we've seen it with sony and now to see Microsoft finally having that like steady stream that's going to be it's going to be awesome and to see how that that impacts you know the appeal of Game Pass moving forward as well with uh, as these games come out um it's going to be great um and yeah it's uh so far i feel like the future is definitely promising as as, as far as what Xbox has has coming we like we didn't even discuss like um as far as like you know Game Pass day 1 but uh what was it uh all of it. <laughs> the ho- ho- Hollow Knight. Um, Silk Song. Yeah, Silk Song. Where I you mean, play as Hornet with her incredibly broad skill set. I mean, yeah. if you loved Hollow Knight, this is like Hollow Knight on steroids. It looks insane. I'm absolutely excited for it. And, you yeah. know, glad that it's coming to Xbox, getting on Game Pass. Team Charity, they, they got to get out there. They need you to play their games because their games are incredible. There are people who don't like Hollow Knight. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. We don't. We don't worry about that. Yeah. So, I the people who are hating, you, you need to go back to hating yourself a little bit more because you need to stop hating on what other people are doing out here because they need to be celebrated and not shat on. That's all I got for that. A dub. You want to get into some quick hits? Let's get into those quick hits. Quick hits. <laughs> uh, you want to lead off? What, what do you? What do you got? Do I even have one? <laughs> Let me see. What do I have? Oh, we talked about Hollow Knight. This is all shit. Oh, Forza Horizon 5 getting its uh, first DLC. Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels. <laughs> yeah, they're, they, they got the Hot Wheels tracks snaking through the landscape of Mexico. You're doing loop-de-loops. You got magnetic tracks. You got Hot Wheels cars that have been made real. So 
yeah, it it looks phenomenal. I mean, Forza Horizon Five still one of the best racing games that's available today. Uh, this will give you more reason to get back into it on top of all the free cars and the wheel spins and whatever other gifts might be sitting in your inbox if you haven't been playing for a while, like yours truly here. Uh, but yeah, it's it's nice to see content finally trickling out for that game. So I'm not personally interested in the Hot Wheels content, but who knows, I may give it a look since it's new. And I bought that season pass, just the deluxe digital edition of the game. So I get all that stuff already. And yeah, man, it, it's, th there's no reason to complain about a game that you like getting more content and getting better. So yeah, that's awesome. You got a quick hit AMC. Yes, sir. There was a Final Fantasy seven. 25 25th anniversary 25 uh celebration live yeah. stream and with that you know something that people were just like you know thought like they were treating it as an afterthought well we got some announcements there a dub uh one we now know that um final fantasy 7 remake is going to be a three-part trilogy the the second installment will be called final fantasy rebirth Birth, 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 birth. We saw a little bit of the gameplay there. Uh, we saw your boy Cloud and your boy Sephiroth patrolling together. Got a little oh more details God, there. Dude. That that scene of those two, it, just those beautiful visuals walking through that photorealistic environment. Like that's what I saw when I was playing Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation back in '97. Like it, it was, it was chilling watching that. Just damn, like this is that point when they were on the same side before Sephiroth lost his shit <laughs> and, <laughs> and tried to destroy the world. Like, oh man, that's I really, as much as Final Fantasy VI is my favorite Final Fantasy of all time, I do think highly of Final Fantasy VII. It had excellent gameplay mechanics, especially with the materia system for how you would learn and utilize magic, as well as other abilities that you could chain together and depending on the, the notches in your weapon. But just that lore of Sephiroth being the most powerful soldier in the army and Cloud basically being his, his partner, his cadet, and yeah, just seeing that, it's it was very nostalgic, and that's that's exactly what I needed to see. I'm also very excited about how they confirmed that the Final Fantasy VII remake will be three parts. So that just brings me one step closer to eventually getting that collected edition of it that's all on one platform, on one disc, maybe, maybe two discs, I don't know. But I'm excited for that. AMC, continue with the details. So with that... Um we also learned that they will be re-releasing oh, for the first time since 2008 A-Dub, uh, Final Fantasy Crisis Core. Um, yes. This will be a Final Fantasy reunion. Uh, this game was originally released in 2008 on the PSP. I actually owned it. I don't, I don't think I ever beat it. I never got it. I didn't get into it for some reason. Been a minute. So I couldn't even tell you why I didn't get into it. But um yeah, we know that we now know that that is going to be coming out as well. Um, so much Final Fantasy. Uh, let's see. Nomura also confirmed that they are already now working on part three 
of the Final Fantasy VII remake <laughs> trilogy. So that that's great because that means that two is pretty much good to go. Um, let's see what else did they announce here. Um, just so much, but um, yeah, awesome to know that we have Final Fantasy Rebirth. I believe that will be coming next year. Which means that we have two Final Fantasies coming out within one year. We have Final Fantasy sixteen, like six months of each other. It's crazy. Yeah, we have Final Fantasy uh, sixteen and Rebirth now coming out within the same year. So that's going to be insane. Um, yeah, I, what do you think about all this Final Fantasy AEW? We know that Square Enix basically said um, we're done with Tomb Raider. We're done with Deus Ex. We're focusing we sold all that shit off. Yeah, we're focusing on what we do and what we do best. And so now we got all the Final Fantasy. What do you think about all this Final Fantasy A-Dub coming our way? I mean, maybe maybe they'll finally get it right out the gate this time around with, with the future of the franchise now that they've recentered their focus on, you know, the Japanese titles that they're that are signature to the Square Enix brand. So, yeah, man, I'm, I greatly enjoyed all the Final Fantasy news, especially the merch. It's always nice to see the, the, the gaming world cross into the real world. They had the, the cloud buster sword clock, <laughs> two different styles, wake that ass up. <laughs> they also, you know, they had figures and things of that nature. So you might want to check out Square Enix's online store to see what kind of things they're offering in connection with Final Fantasy. It's it's always nice to see Final Fantasy getting the love and appreciation it deserves, the exposure and the care and attention. The remake and the rebirth are lovingly detailed, extremely high quality. I'm looking forward to playing them one day. I heard great things about them from the people in my life, like AMC and my brother East Single. Um, Final Fantasy 16. We'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, Crisis Core, I'm glad that's being brought back. Like, that was the first Final Fantasy I saw that presented a battle system that I had been looking for from the franchise. And I feel like that was the game that really started the move to action for the franchise. And Final Fantasy VII Remake and Rebirth, they seem to perfect that. Yeah, looking forward, looking forward to it. Just looking forward. <laughs> No reason to look back. I got the backlog in case I beat too many games. I can go back, try to clear my clear my last gen card. But I don't know, man. It's, there's so much stuff to do. You got the you got Crisis Core, and you got I think. What do you have? Uh, you know, like Final Fantasy VII Mobile or something. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't read about any of that. But yeah, they had announced that. I thought we was. I thought we was on this mobile shit together. Yeah, <laughs> I got. I got Diablo Immortal keeping me. <laughs> Keeping my, my attention right now. Get that Final Fantasy Seven. Yes. Get some get some material in your in your phone. Get some, get some Odin in your phone. Yeah. Oh. Some Bahama. <laughs> get some car. Get some carbuncle. Yeah. <laughs> oh oh put man. Some, put some carbuncle on your chest. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else, Ado? As far as quick hits, anything else? Uh, nothing I can really think of. I mean, there was a ton of news, so I recommend that anybody who's interested in seeing new games and new announcements, you know, just search out Summer Games Fest, search out Devolver Digital. They had their, their presentation. Uh, tri Tribeca Showcase. Uh, of course, the Warhammer Skull Showcase, the PC Gaming Showcase. So many games, so little time. I just, I don't even want to disrespect all the great games that were shown by trying to enumerate them only to miss ones that I feel are worthy of mention. So, you know, 
get on that keyboard, do your own research, <laughs> come to your own conclusions. But it, it's looking very bright for gamers. 2023 might be one of the best years in gaming of all time, in my opinion. AMC. Yes, sir. I mean, yeah. I, you know what? Before we get out of here, did you have where are you at with uh, Last of Us remake? You, 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 oh, think about, yeah. you, you think about dipping your toe back in that well, or you? I absolutely am. Uh, apparently, they aren't going to be making many or any changes to the story itself, so it'll be the same game. However, it'll have upgraded visuals and combat mechanics, as well as AI that they learned from Uncharted Four, as well as The Last of Us Part Two. So it seems like this remake is geared mostly toward bringing the experience of the original The Last of Us up to the standards set by The Last of Us 2, which was a significant upgrade over the original. Uh, the character models look very, very lifelike and realistic. You know, people are complaining, oh, they made, they made Tess look ugly, social justice, but it's like, I mean, dude, when you add more bones, <laughs> and points of articulation to people's faces it's going to change so it's it, it's an example of how games development still has a way to go every time you think graphics and presentation have reached their peak or somebody has just set the bar there's always a little more that they can squeeze out of it so while i'm not particularly excited for remake I appreciate it and I'll more than likely play it at some point because I haven't replayed the original since I played remaster on PS4. That was my first and only time playing it, completed it, put it aside, didn't even play the DLC, which I probably should have, but Hey, maybe remake is my chance to do that. And just so you know, it will also include the DLC, which is also being improved and upgraded in a similar fashion. Uh, AMC, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, it uh, looks awesome. I, To be honest, it's not something I'd probably go back into. Um, I, I enjoyed it when I played it. I didn't play Last of Us 2. Um, and so, yeah, there's for me, for some reason, The Last of Us World is um, not something that I'm super excited to jump back into. But, I mean, just from a visual standpoint, it looked great. I didn't, like, you know, somehow updating it for some people like oh like i just want to mm -hmm. remember how it looked on the the ps4 remaster or i want the original one <laughs> so, like, like people would never be happy i it totally makes sense for me as far as like you know you got this new hbo series like they, they, they kind of tied it all together we got the new hbo series and which your boy troy baker and the other person <laughs> are gonna are gonna make an appearance on and not as their characters in the game but as you know different characters but they will have roles so bring them bring them back to people the the faithful from the original and um but yeah uh you got all these new people all these people who may get into the last of us through hbo max and with that you know they might want to jump in and play the last of us and why not get this brand spanking new one with a with a fresh coat of polish on it and you know get the get the gameplay experience as well as get the viewing experience and so yeah it, it, it makes sense it lines up with why they would do this and you know there will be people who will want to replay this game as far as a lot of people are concerned this was the only last of us that needed to be made they they, they, they they had no reason making a part two or, but um and they also have no reason remaking the first one uh, yeah <laughs> oh, so, dare they. yeah i love joel yeah 
Salvador. Their love of Joel has like clouded their opinions about anything that's beyond that first game. <laughs> I've never seen a bigger circle jerk for a single character in a video game <laughs> yeah. while people are trying to masquerade it as legitimate criticism. Like, dude, you you just you just Joel worshiping and things didn't go the way that you wanted it to, and you're throwing a hissy fit, reaching for anything that you think is out of place to try to make it make sense when it doesn't. Yeah, stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we, what we've heard, I mean, good news coming from the multiplayer in that it's going to have, you know, they said it's going to be huge. Um, so it's not Ooh, just going to yeah. be this, it's not going to be a, what people might have thought would have been, you know, what would have been the tacked on multiplayer for Last of Us 2. This is its own standalone thing. And I, we didn't, we didn't get to see anything there. So that's definitely something that we can expect in a, a maybe in a later state of play. I'm, I'm guessing that's what they, they're saving it for. But um, just the idea of how big it will be and that it still will have its narrative focus um, for the multiplayer that's going to be its own unique experience on its own. And I can't wait to see what that has to offer as well. So, you know, who was that? It was Neil Druckmann on stage. He was he was looking in yeah. shape. Got, got the guns yeah. out. I feel like I feel like all the trolling is only fueling him, fueling his his power. <laughs> yeah, he, he had to let the he had to let the he has to let the critics know that the last of us part two moved over 10 million copies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, uh, I feel like these dudes are definitely showing up between Todd Howard, Neil Druckmann, Pete Hines, all the people that people want to shit on and try to say like, Oh, you're ruining, you're ruining everything that I love about gaming. They're showing up and they're still stunting on these hoes. And mm-hmm. it is beautiful to see that we got Kojima. <laughs> we got everybody showing up and you, you try to criticize them, but they just keep, bringing that heat and there's nothing that you can do about it because they just keep getting promoted <laughs> so that is great um, neil making a note that he's still very much involved with the development of the games so there goes that pipe dream of him being <laughs> being removed <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great uh, yeah. hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll have we'll have a remake with uh more more neo Druckmann cards within the game <laughs> yeah why would you put yourself in the game hey, Doug? <laughs> i get people upset with a collectible <laughs> <laughs> alters nothing about the game whatsoever yeah that's great uh but that's all i, I got put his intelligence as a nine <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, the, the humorous. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I got nothing as well, man. It, it was it was a very busy week. It was very eventful. I, I shed some tears at certain points. I watched the Starfield gameplay multiple times. Watching on the TV, <laughs> <laughs> so good. And yeah, just so many great things to look forward to on all platforms, all genres. I mean, if. If you truly do enjoy video games, then there's something for you right around the corner. Yes, sir. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AAC. This is Control. We are Thank you. Suckers. Suckers.